This is Hope FM. Well, I'm delighted to say our guest today has arrived, Steve Nimmo, who, who is the sponsor of this show and uh, has been really all year. Now, you ran into a bit of trouble this I did. morning. Yeah, I did. Traffic-wise. Yeah, we were just explaining the... Um uh, I live over in Wimborne, so the traffic out of Wimborne is, is notoriously bad at the moment because of the roadworks. Um, and the traffic lights over at Castle Lane, if anyone's stuck in it, uh, um, you have my sympathy. It's, uh, the, the lights don't seem to be changing and, and giving green quite as long as they should, so uh, there's quite a lot of tailbacks. So uh, that was Castle Lane. Yeah, so Castle Lane if, you, by so Castle if you're travelling or planning to travel by Castle Lane this morning, then give yourselves a wee bit of well maybe yeah. a lot of extra a time, lot of extra time this morning I think. now the last time of course that we spoke you know that um we were talking about how the whole funeral industry and things have been totally disrupted because people couldn't even go and, and say farewell to their loved ones what's it like now Stephen? much better much better i think the uh, some sanity prevailed and and the numbers began to increase uh, the allowance of numbers in the chapels uh, at the crematoria and, and, and church services and, and i have to say our, our local authority uh, among a my a sort of a, a minority have actually been very good uh, bournemouth and paul have, have always been as supportive as they can be of families allowing numbers to sort of slowly drift upwards um and and it was always that challenge of numbers which was our problem because when you're providing a funeral service for a loved one um and there would normally have been 300 present and you can say to a family you can only have five then you can imagine what a massive impact that has uh and so our local authorities did everything they could right the way through to assist but now thankfully those numbers are, are beginning to climb and we're allowed to have fairly normal numbers in 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 chapels and so on now yeah well, i suppose a lot of people would be breathing a sigh for it because it's pretty mm. awful some for many people not being able to give people a right send off as yeah. it were i i you know i think blair this is going to become something that is It'll be really interesting to see how this affects what we would call the, the, the grieving process, the grief cycle, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's a number of different uh, ways you could refer to it. Because I think the, the funeral process is a very important starting point for people. It's a focus for people. And so to turn around and say, look, this service for this loved one that you wanted, you simply cannot have it, um, has had a massive impact. And I think we're going to see many people whose grieving process has been prolonged um as a result of of referring back and saying you know we just didn't do we didn't do right by that person and it's not our fault it's nobody's fault but we didn't get to do right by them so we're already doing more and more work with families uh trying to find new ways to perhaps um embrace their grieving process in different ways yeah. and different ways to remember a loved one that doesn't necessarily focus just on the funeral. It's strange, isn't it? Because if there's one thing that is an inevitable, it's death and mm-hmm. taxes, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And uh, and yet, uh, we, we, we so very seldom find it easy to talk mm. about the one thing which is going to happen mm. to all of us sooner or later. Uh, I know that you like to put a, a more positive spin because I, mean, I, I like to think of you know when we're saying goodbye mm. uh, and I, I suppose when it comes my turn there'll be other people saying goodbye mm. but that it should be more of a celebration you know uh, 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 and, and whatever but of course you like people to think about it much I mean, mm. long long before yeah. the event happens why? Well I think if you have people well l- let me put it this way for starters I think the person who there's two different sort of approaches and there's either someone who maybe has been given some kind of time frame so it's some kind of terminal diagnosis um very often it's that person that is accepting of their situation that they're, they're the ones that are embracing it 
hopefully in a positive way. That's certainly my experience anyway. Mm. Um, it's the families that they're leaving behind that obviously are really struggling with the idea that, well, we're going to be left and, you know, there's going to be this large hole in our lives. And then there are other people who are simply planning people who are coming to us and saying you know i really kind of want to start thinking about this and people start thinking about like what will happen to me when my time comes so by embracing those people um and um you probably remember hannah who was with me when we came last yes time. Um, yep. she says hello by the way um, Hi, hannah. <laughs> she um you know she and i've done a lot of work sort of more recently on ways that we can help people who are in end of life care embrace the future because just because you've had a terminal diagnosis doesn't mean there's not a future of some kind. So we're working on a number of different things in that arena and encouraging people to to try to look positively um, on their situation, not to say, well, I'm dying, so that's the end of my life. Because very often, of course, nowadays, somebody who's dying is actually not necessarily dying like tomorrow. They've, yeah. got, they've got time to do things. And what we're trying to do is give them an opportunity to do some planning to ensure that the end of their life and their death is as positive for themselves and a loved one as possible. But also, I suppose if if we don't make some sort of plans mm. and and uh, and we don't know that that you know we're going to pass away, no. you know, many times it's quite sudden, isn't it, no. or whatever. But of course, that puts a lot of pressure on those that remain in terms of well, what what would my loved one yeah. want? You know, yeah, hugely so, it does, and and and, and if. Especially, again, going back to the pandemic situation, the pressure increased even more because not only is it what would my loved one want, but actually what I think they want, I can't give them anyway. So, again, by by encouraging people to sit down and think about this, by putting down some idea of their wishes, it could be, well, let's face it, the simplest, the simplest thing to, to give you as an example is whether I want to be buried or cremated. Mm. Do you know how many people will come to us and they'll say, oh, Dad's been ill for a long time, this is actually quite a relief to us that he's, he's died because he was in pain. And we'll then say, oh, well, what, what did he leave in terms of some of his wishes? Oh, no, we didn't talk about that. You know, we, we were focusing on his illness, so we didn't talk about that. So in a sudden death situation, that's, that's magnified because mm. you really haven't had a chance. And you're, I, I was talking to somebody just the other day, and it actually followed as somebody who died, and they, they'd literally dropped dead. They were, they'd gone out for a walk on holiday with their partner and they literally dropped dead and I said I cannot even begin to imagine what that must be like for a person to be walking along next to their partner and suddenly they're gone just gone and mm. not to know you're, so, you're, you're grieving in, in such an acute way how on earth do you begin to think about what that person might have wanted so the idea of having some access to wishes some kind of way of being able to say well at least we're doing something positive for this person now i can focus my grief on that part of the process i just think it's a really positive thing and that, that's why we, we work as much as we do to promote that and of course you've had experience of both haven't you you've had the experience of sudden death as you just explained there and also those who do actually put some time and planning mm-hmm. into it and that in itself actually can i mean i know it sounds a bit morbid but actually it can be quite fun a lot of people love to i mean they've got it down to the last you know the last second sometimes haven't oh, they absolutely and I, and I think this is the this is the problem we have is this this sense of you know is it morbid is it morbid to think about something that ultimately we know is going to happen to all of us do you think it might be fear is the problem yeah i, I think it's i do you know i think what is it's about tempting fate I think a lot of people now I'm a great believer that we've all got a predestined date 
that is coming our way at some point in the future. Um, I always kind of say, you know, it's what makes life interesting, isn't it? Is not knowing when the end's coming. But but it doesn't change the date. The date that you and I are going to die doesn't change no matter what I do in terms of planning for it, you know? So, so it's about trying to get that message across that there are positive things we can do, which, as you say, you use the word fun, and why shouldn't it be? The idea. I mean, before I came in today, you said, "I'll oh, choose a couple of pieces of music so that we can, you know, we can have those on." Well, actually, you could argue, what's the difference? You're basically just choosing some pieces of music that are going to be played maybe when, you know, a bit yeah. later on. So it's it's that kind of thing I think we want to promote. And, and of course, music is one of the, the many many ways that people express, don't they? They well, they express sorrow, but they mm-hmm. also express joy mm-hmm. uh, as well. Now you're obviously ruling in the money. I know this is a terrible thing to say, really, but uh, but in a way, you know the all that we have been through in the last year one would think that if any business has boomed it's got to be the funeral industry mm. you know mm. but actually it's not necessarily so is it no it's not and, I, and it's something I, you can imagine you know everyone thinks that we've had a very wonderful time of it um and i think certainly locally as well the the so you know these we hear the death rate announced every day and, and the problem with the death rate is there's no context to it so they're not telling us what other people are dying of other no. things so um no certainly in terms of, of this what we've actually seen is a considerable increase in people who have really kind of uh reduced the input on a funeral rather than the normal sort of levels so uh, those families that would have perhaps normally chosen a fairly kind of lavish affair have decided in some cases to do nothing because, well, we can't do what we want to well, do. Well, there's no point, really, well, is that's there? how they felt. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can't do what we want to do. So, therefore, what we will do is later on we'll have something else. But at the moment, we just got to take care of mum or dad. So let's just th- – this term that you'll hear more and more, I think, in these days is a thing called di- direct cremation, which is where no one attends. The coffin is taken to the crematorium with no one in attendance and simply cremated. So th- is that common? It's becoming increasingly common, and I think that's partly pandemic-driven because people have said, well, we can't do what we want, so let's do nothing. Um, but actually, there are a number of places avail- that, around that will, will offer that service, albeit one that is, frankly, certainly from what's been fed back to me, is a very cold, um, you know, families have no input at all. Um, we, 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 we offer it, but what we, what we want to do is offer families the opportunity to still have an interaction, to still have support from us, to still have an opportunity to come and spend time with their loved one at our funeral home. So the direct cremation element is there. In other words, there's no service, but it doesn't remove the support that goes with it. Whereas, unfortunately, some, some companies have approached it in a very kind of uh, you know, clinical way, which is to say, if that's what you want, that's what you get, but you get nothing else. Mm. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, it has had quite an impact on on the industry as a whole. I mean, we'd said earlier on, of course, that if COVID has taught us anything, it's, it's, it's left a whole train of pain because mm. people have had to say goodbye to their loved ones, sometimes mm. very, very suddenly, mm. uh, and not really been able mm. to, to have a proper send-off for them. Have you thought, and, and have those in the industry thought, what you could do in retrospect? Yeah, I, do you know, I think the greatest tragedy for me is is twofold. One is those people who weren't allowed to even be there you know we saw so many stories of people who had to say goodbye on the phone had to say goodbye on facetime who weren't even allowed into the hospitals to say goodbye and to sit with their loved one as they passed away that that's one tragedy and then i think it's compounded by them not being able to say goodbye in in other ways now we actually as an organization made a decision very early on to to say look we will continue to do the absolute 
everything we can do. So we're not going to be that company that says, you can't do this, you can't do that. Let's talk about what you can do. Um, families are now beginning to drift back to us saying, look, we didn't have a funeral for dad. We didn't have a funeral for mum. What can we now do to recognise their life? So we're beginning to do more and more work with families who want to do memorial services or some form of sort of public gathering, which enables people to come together to remember a loved one. I mean, obviously, we're coming up on remembrance fairly soon. And, and in a way, it's, it's, it's if you can imagine multiple events of that kind where everyone will come together to remember a person, hopefully in a positive way. Now, the one benefit of that, of course, is that by the removal of the coffin, it gives you space to do other things psychologically. So by not having the person who's died actually present, in a way, it kind of lightens everything so what people are doing is thinking much more broadly about what they might be able to do yeah. it doesn't have to be in a crematorium or church it could be it could be in a field it could be on the cliff tops it could be in a hotel so in a way there is a positive to that you probably know that in in northern ireland uh, I, I think it was common in ireland and i guess places in in in, in england and other places as well you know have the body home mm, mm. and uh, but and so i i have uh, actually fond memories mm, <laughs> of yeah. uh, you know my uncle my granny you know they were all they were all brought mm. home mm. but the family would sit around there and of course uh, uh, everybody would come for tea mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. so you'd be making endless scones and buns and sandwiches and all that stuff. but the, the but the one thing I remember thinking about those occasions was they were never really morbid no. uh, because it, it was actually telling jokes you know remembering the, about the silly things that were part mm -hmm. of, of uh, you know of, of the lives in this case of, of my family mm -hmm. uh, it, is that coming back again? You know, not necessarily having the body home, but actually having those gatherings whenever you can do that sort of thing. And maybe, maybe that's the sort of thing going forward that people could do, where they could have you know more public sharing of, of memories, uh, but in a light-hearted way. I think so. I think we are we are beginning to embrace it more. I think we're beginning to see the the, the death of a person as ra as as a as a, a comma, a, a sort of a semicolon if you like um but actually let's you know this this the death of this individual is a is is a one second of a life led so actually we we need to take our focus away from the death and focus on the life and and we are embracing more and more encouraging families look we are as i believe our, i believe my role is a is a permission giver if you like the number of people who say to me is it okay if i dot 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 um and i would always say back look if anyone is offended by what you do, the probability is they shouldn't be here because they don't understand why you're doing it. And if they don't understand why you're doing it, they shouldn't be here. So provided it's not illegal, provided it's not you know immoral, then why shouldn't you do it? And it might be music that's played. It could be readings that are read. It could be songs that are sung, dances that are danced. You know, <laughs> it could be any of those things. And I think we as an organization certainly want to embrace that more and more is to give the opportunity for families to think with that blank canvas approach that we've talked about before this is a difficult question i think it's going to be a difficult question sure. for you but uh, you, i mean i don't know how many funerals you have conducted mm. but they must run into hundreds like maybe thousands it is thousands yeah is there any one that really stands out in your memory and thinking i'm never i'm never ever going to forget mm. that there's a few. Um, I mean, I think, you know, certainly, it, and it depends where you come at it from, doesn't it? I mean, you know, 
I've, I've been very privileged to look after the military over the years and some of their services with you know thousands of people in attendance clearly that they're significant events and and obviously that that is something that, is, that stays with you but I, but I think actually the the ones that stay with me the most are the more intimate ones those where you see a family just a handful of people gathered around having an opportunity to to think freely to talk freely um about the person that's died so there's there's a number of those um and there's one that i always come back to actually which um probably for all the wrong reasons in some respects but um you know it it was actually a gentleman who stood up and he, he gave a tribute on behalf of his sister that had died parents were sat in the front row and he it was about the most i, I refer to it as diana-esque after her funeral you know obviously mm-hmm. where her brother stood up and basically slagged off the royal family um and this guy basically did the same thing to his parents and and spent all this time and they of, were sat and they there. were sat right in front of him saying you know if you'd allowed her to do this this would have been different if you and the reason it stays with me is because I think surrounding death, there can be a great deal of untruth. There can be a great deal of, you know, people are made out to be saints. And and actually, they're not. And I have great respect when somebody will stand up and go, do you know what? This, per- perfect, this person was not perfect. Far from it. Um, and they are the services that I kind of reflect with, with sort of most fondness because in a way we provided a platform for honesty for them and anyone in the room will sit and they'll nod and they'll go do you know what he may not have been perfect but he was my friend he was my father he was my grandfather he was my brother and i loved him and they're the things that for me will always kind of stick mostly in my mind of the funerals we've done and of course that's going to be true for all of us uh, isn't it i I love the we're not going to play it this morning but i love the mike and mike mechanic song you know with the living years mm, yeah, and uh, but and i think it's great you know you know that we should tell people things that are really important mm. how we feel about them mm. whilst they're living you know yeah. but actually sometimes that's not possible no no so, and, and that is a challenge but i think by having a platform that enables people to express what they really think again hopefully within reason um it's the old adage you know he owed me a tenner kind of thing isn't it um but giving people that platform of honesty to say yeah may not have been perfect but i loved him um, that's great well i know you're going to be coming back in some more programmers and sharing some of the yeah. things you know going going forward and so on about particularly about in terms of planning and and, yeah. and so on but one of the things of course that, that that you're faced with probably at every funeral is music yeah uh and uh are there other particular ones that people say oh again i mean obviously you think of abide with me mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things that in the christian context but of course there are people who would just have uh, maybe not where faith doesn't apply in that in that uh, but still have music mm. oh yeah and i think music is such a strong vibe within a funeral service um and i think yeah we more and more people are coming to us saying dad mum who wasn't religious having said that they still very often drift towards prayers and the lord almost the insurance policy you know, yes, they, they think is, is a way of making sure they get you know get where they're going um but music certainly is 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 becoming more and more important so when i first started i'm I'm actually 25 years in now um hence the gray hair and um we used to have i could pretty much guarantee there'd be the lord's my shepherd and abide with me would and we might get an all things bright and beautiful if we were lucky Uh just as a bit of a change you know um and and things like that so they were very kind of limited you know sort of choices made now of course you know, with the systems we have at the crematorium and so on, you can have pretty much anything. And so so we, we encourage people to really think about what 
what means something to them. Now that might be the words, it could be the fact the person listened to it or or whatever. So yeah, the choice of music is is now thankfully so much broader and allowing people to again that permission giving. You don't have to have hymns. You don't it's not you know it's not essential that you have to have hymns to structure a service around. Music can be very important as well in other in other ways to help you remember and reflect. I think we all know that if we if we sit back and close our eyes and listen to a piece of music, it won't be long be t- before tears are streaming down your face as you kind of remember somebody. Um, I know there's my father died in 2019 and there's certain pieces that will always come back to me as reflective of, you know, of him. Um, so it's, it's, it's that sort of thing that we, we have to embrace. We, we have to say to families, look, let's sit down and let's, you know, I mean, Jonathan Martin, who again is a friend of the show, um, he's somebody who we work with a lot. And what I love about him is he will sit with a family and say, tell me what you want and let me help you structure something which is relevant. Mm. We're not just putting the, we're not putting the last funeral together here. We're doing this funeral for you and it's a one off for you. This is Hope FM.